things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed. We'll help you work with Generation Z with all the information that you'll need. It's the Jack and Ollie Show. Hello and welcome to the Jack and Ollie Show, the early careers podcast. I'm Jack Denton. And I'm Ollie Sidwell. And today we have with us Ellie Long. Say hi, Ellie. Hi. <laughs> um, Ellie is the Early Careers Talent Manager at E.ON. Yes. And today we're going to be talking about um, change and change in terms of um, a community-led approach and how we combine that with technology to evolve our programs and in particular our um, attraction, assessment and selection across apprenticeship and graduate roles. Yeah. Okay, lovely. So Good intro. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we could start maybe Ellie, be give a, a bit of a bit of a, a brief run through of your background and how you've got to where you are today. Yeah, so I um was born in Lancashire um, but moved to Derby when I was younger. Right hence the, the right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> thought I'd drop that in there like and it. get some northern for fans. Um but yeah, hence the lack of the northern accent is why um uh-huh. there's a twang. <laughs> Comes out sometimes. <laughs> um but yeah, I grew up really in Derby. Um, went to Nottingham Trent University, did a business management degree. Um, absolutely loved my HR module around talent management. How can we do better stuff to get the right young talent into organisations? Um, had some personal experiences and some experiences from friends where I was seeing talent management doing quite badly in organisations. So always sort mm-hmm. of thought a little bit like, oh, maybe that's where I could see myself going. Um, we joined Eon on their HR graduate program. Had a fantastic two years of doing all sorts of different placements. Living out in Berlin for five months, which was really cool. Oh, very cool. Um, and then came off um, the program. Did a couple of other roles, um, and then kind of found myself in um, a talent role initially managing our graduate programs um, and yeah. now all of our early careers programs which I guess is the um, outcome of the changes that we've kind of been through in the past um, 18 months um, yeah. as an organisation. Nice well should we start there with those changes then so what you mentioned Eon's changed quite a lot not only as a, as a business but also in the I guess early careers offerings you have and the way you resource the business. Yeah yeah so um, Eon um, from when I first started and um, we were at really large organization that had um, lots of kind of traditional power stations. I remember my assessment center being at Ratcliffe, a kind of big um, traditional power station. Um, And now if you look at what we've kind of um, come to and we're a retailer and we're kind of purely really focused on driving smart, sustainable and personalized solutions um, for both residential customers, but also for businesses and communities. So really kind of big focus now on. That's a really big thing. Yeah. It's a huge shift. What the business is offering is totally totally changed. Yeah. And I suppose you've also got to then deal with the um, stereotypes or the preconceptions people have about Eon because of what it used to be before to what it is now. Yeah, yeah. And you've got all sorts of things like the fact that you have people that think energy should just be free and that it's a human right and they should be entitled to have their gas and electricity. Um, I'd vote for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Strange. Um, Just the general election last time, not to bring it up, but the fact that one party wanted to nationalise the sector, we're quite heavily regulated with... or kind of off um, German, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting sector to be in, mm. completely changing. And then you think about what we've got to now from where we were sort of four or five years ago. So what were the challenges? like? So from four or five years ago to now, what kind of things changed? So we, we've, we've gone through this change in 
quite a big wholesale change in terms yeah. of what the business offers. Yeah. So then in terms of the talent pipelines, how have they changed? Yeah, so I think if I think about where we were previously, we were very focused on bringing in graduates. 50%, if not more, of the graduate population we brought in were engineers because we were a predominantly engineering yeah. organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking for that kind of top um, engineering talent and, and graduate talent from really kind of top universities. Um, and now we've got this massive focus on actually how can we bring in young people onto things like apprenticeships. Um, yes, we still want graduates, we still value our graduate talent that's in the business, they're still a fantastic asset, but how do we actually tap into a different type of early careers, um, that kind of apprenticeship market, um, and bring in a diversity of thought in who we bring in through our early careers programmes. Yeah. So your, your spectrum's sort of grown, yeah. <clears throat> rather yeah, than just yeah. being focused on grads, yeah. it's now actually we got keeping the grads yeah definitely you yeah, take yeah. on undergrads and you take it on apprentices as well yeah yeah and this year in particular there's a real focus on our degree apprenticeship programs and how can we use them as a equal kind of talent pipeline against what our graduates are doing they're just doing a different sort of type of thing but we're bringing in some young people from a different background that might not traditionally have gone to university so yeah. may never have got picked up on a on a graduate type program but yeah. have equally got the same fantastic skills and talent that they can offer yeah so you're sort of you're broadening your reach yes and yeah, the yeah. Amount, the, i guess the, the volume of opportunity from a young person's perspective to actually enter eon as a business has gone away yeah. from the traditional your red bricks doing engineering yeah. to actually pretty much anyone yeah. um, can, as long as they fit the criteria, yeah. can, can apply. Yeah. Has the, the profile of um, your candidates changed over time? Yeah, so um, not to be stereotypical to the white um, graduate male who's done engineering, um, but I think traditionally that's probably who we saw quite a lot of coming through. Um, yeah. we, we've done quite well with gender diversity, um, but I think if you naturally look at those red brick universities and the types of their student breakdown profiles that's then mirrored in terms of who the successful people are on graduate programs um and really what it is now is actually how do we attract some of those more harder to reach communities how do we um help role model in the business so how do we showcase some of our fantastic BAME leaders or female leaders to then try and attract again sort of different profiles of people that might want to come and do an apprenticeship or or a graduate or undergraduate program Mm -hmm. okay so you mentioned um that you know, kind of like an overview of where, where we've been is you said that all these changes happened to the business and you um, decided to commit to this idea of getting a more diverse type of workforce yeah. into into the yeah. organization uh, how did you how did you go about that um so I think the the probably first main change to pick up on is the stuff that we've done around technology um so we traditionally like probably a lot of organizations use things like psychometric testing um yeah. telephone interviews um and probably one of the biggest and most impactful changes we've in- made and introduced is um, gamification okay. so this is um in replace of doing something traditional like numerical or verbal reasoning tests oh, um so you swap that out to do this took that out yeah oh, okay. um, i'm a big fan i absolutely hate um probably shouldn't say that but i'm absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah really hate Personal thing, yeah, so. yeah. So um, I've got um, dyslexia, and I just found that numerical and verbal reasoning tests, especially those shapes that you've got to try and move around a screen, just mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. sit right. And yeah. um, personally, I feel like that's a measure of intelligence, which doesn't necessarily measure someone's potential um, completely. Yeah. So. Yeah, we swapped in um, gamification, um, which simply is a candidate would play a game-based assessment that takes about half an hour, 45 minutes, um, and that builds a personality profile on them, which we overlay with the personality kind of profile that um, we've developed through numerous kind of different testing and um, 
ways of kind of putting that together. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of then brings out your candidates then ranked and scored on how kind of closely they fit what it is you're looking for. Okay. Um, and this, pro this profile is based on students that currently work there? Or um, yeah, a mixture, yeah. So we did it um, initially on um, the company that we use, use a norm group anyway, um, from okay. a mixture of graduates from across the country and organisations. Right. So that's partly fed into it. Um, but we use graduates um, or kind of early careers people that we'd seen as being successful and we got them to play the game yeah. and then again kind of um, profile match that, that into it. Do you also okay. use it to help direct people? So imagine someone applies for one role and their personality traits don't match actually that role, but they match another role. Is there a way for it to... Yeah, so initially what we, and I guess this is another change that we've wanted to do, is that um, we talked about having kind of different profiles for if you were bringing, say, a finance person versus bringing in a commercial or a sales person. Mm -hmm. But actually what our early careers programmes are now trying to do is bring in future leaders. So what we want to do is while someone might have a real interest or a passion, we want people who've got real kind of um, mobility and where they can see themselves being in the organisation. So rather than trying to get someone at 19 or 20 to specialise in what they want to do for the rest of their yeah. life, yeah. it's actually about bringing, let's bring in someone. And that's why our degree apprenticeship programme is called Future Leaders. Let's bring in someone who was going to be a future leader that shows that potential. And let's get them doing some sales, some team management, some finance, some marketing. And let's kind of that overall right. kind of skills. So this programme's changed. It's more multidisciplinary. Yeah. Because yeah. well, yeah. it mirrors the, what a lot of traditional grad programmes do. Yeah. You do six months in different roles and yeah. you try and pick and choose what you think it what works you, after that yeah. trial. Yeah. Um, whereas I think before we were offering kind of very lineal, sometimes graduate yeah. programmes. Um, and because we were a very large organisation, that did make sense because you could never have got rounders. But because if you look at who we are now, we really want to be kind of this retailer. We want to bring in people that um, are commercial, that have got kind of really strong sales skills, that are entrepreneurial. Yeah. That new profile in kind of them fits what yeah. it is we're doing in that space. Is that, is that quite unique to uh, certainly an apprenticeship? Like we mentioned in, as I say, the grads, you often do six month rotations but for an apprenticeship well my personal thoughts were you'd you just study one certain area because it'd be aligned to a certain standard yeah so yeah so um and completely there are some um so if you came in for example to do a customer service advisor um, apprenticeship that is in you that is aligned to being yeah. a customer service advisor um but the the standards that we've chosen for our degree apprenticeship programs give someone that flexibility um so the degree apprentices that come in on future leaders do a chartered manager um so it's a business management degree um, and then we try and mirror their placements against what it is they're studying so they can use that um, kind of theoretical knowledge they're getting from the university in the workplace and try and then apply that yeah. on the job. Yeah, interesting. And um, we, we got there, so I, I sidelined us a bit Sorry, there. yeah, we've got a bit of a tangent. <laughs> um, we, were, we got there from saying technology is one of the biggest yeah. changes to the business and uh, gamification Yeah, there's one way of doing that and you were partially talk, talking through that how that's happened then yeah. we cut you off so yeah so um <laughs> so yeah we're in our um i believe it's our third year we've been using it this yeah. year um and i just i keep saying they should have me on a poster being an advocate because it's just been absolutely brilliant and yeah. it's been brilliant in a way of actually seeing um a really good diverse range of candidates coming through we're not um negatively impacting a certain kind of demographic of um, either graduate or apprentice by using um, gamification, but also in terms of actually a success rate, um, I'm running assessment centres where, so the assessment centre I ran yesterday, I had 10 candidates at it, um, eight of them benchmarked, which is just absolutely fantastic. Mm. So we're then- What does that um, mean, benchmark? So benchmark, so they passed our, right. um, our criteria in as saying that actually they are fit 
to, to work yeah, for yeah. us. Um, and so then we had a brilliant choice of actually going, do you know what? We can now have a really nice conversation about who it is we want to take, or actually we might be able to offer people onto other programs because we've got such a great mm. kind of um, range of really successful candidates who were a really diverse mix in a room. Um, and I think that's really kind of down to that gamification. So if we step back a little bit, you said, you know, some of these changes you, you made to the, the purpose of using this technology yeah. was to drive um, this idea of trying to create a more diverse workforce. Yeah. Has that has that worked? Has there been an impact on that in terms of diversity? Yeah, since you've been using definitely in the early careers space. Um, so around, it was tw around 26% of our early careers that are on program at the moment are from a BAME background, which is right. just brilliant. Mm. Um, and that's slightly higher than what our organisations are. So it's great to know that actually we're bringing that in now is entry level yeah. talent to then grow through the business um, and we operate at about a 50-50 split agenda which yeah. again is right. fab <laughs> and do you know what that what that sort of jumped from so before you started making all these changes you know now you're looking at a quarter or something yeah. like that do you know what it was before um, BAME I don't um, gender was um, it's was probably more around the 40 um, percent mark mm. um, I think the other big difference that we've seen and I've not um, been able to kind of track it as much previously um, if I think about what we've done in terms of um, social mobility if we look back um, at our graduate programs from when I started in my cohort there was probably around 50 percent of us that came from a private school background well, the seven percent I think national average of people yeah. from a private school yeah. yeah, which um, have my own views, which is a separate thing on <laughs> on the ho that whole subject. But um, now we've got forty eight percent of our apprentices come from disadvantaged backgrounds, wow. which is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So you again think if you look at that early career pipeline that's mm. coming into our business, I'd love to think in how many years time how where those people have then got to, and as you mm. see them rise through the organisation. Yeah. And um, I think some people will be interested. What sort of indicators you use to define someone from a disadvantaged background? Um, so it's um, data. The apprenticeship data is what is pulled from um, some of the reports that we get from um, like the apprenticeship governing bodies that we work with. Um, and they look at certain areas. They look at things to do with um, free school meals and whether students are classed as neat, um, whether they've been in care, those sorts of measures. Um, and the care area is something that we kind of picked up on um, and I know I've mentioned to you guys the stuff we've done with Care Leavers Covenant because yeah. that's kind of a then a target market that we've kind of looked at what we can do more. Can you um, bit, with. A bit more about yeah, that? definitely. Yes. So some people who don't know what the, the Care Leavers, Leavers Covenant is. Yeah. Maybe. So um, it was probably just over a year ago now, and um, we signed up to the Care Leavers Covenant. Um, so it is um something that has come from the Department for Education around getting organisations to pledge, um, to support young people in the care system. So. The stats are shocking um, about the number of young people that kind of come out of care and that are in, in the cities that we operate within. Um, and they were finding that um, as they came out of care, um, a lot of the support that normally a young person would get um, wasn't there. So something that your parents might have helped you with, like just moving into your first property, getting mm -hmm. everything set up, helping you apply for jobs that sometimes parents um might have helped you with they didn't have that support mechanism so we've pledged to support young people coming out of care in the um cities that we've kind of got presence in um and predominantly that's around how can we provide um better support around things like cv um skills interview skills how can we support them in raising their aspirations and what they can kind of go on and achieve wow sounds like an amazing uh, initiative like i definitely haven't heard of it before 
Uh, when you said the word covenant, I thought you were talking about Indiana Jones at first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty sure We sort of moved away from the, the technology side because that's been, I guess, the, the almost the backbone to yes, getting yeah. this talent through, I guess, process-wise. Yeah. Um, should we, I think, well, the Care Leavers Covenant's been one of the, I guess, initiatives that's, I guess, underpinned that and yeah. helped you see these results. Um, we've also spoke before about what other initiatives you've been running, yeah. certainly in the community. Um, do you want to talk a bit about those? Because they, they sound awesome that you've been yeah. trialing those and they sound like they've been getting great results yeah definitely so um something that um we hadn't traditionally maybe formalized before um was having a really clear kind of schools engagement strategy because now we were doing these um, apprenticeship programs we said mm-hmm. let's kind of get something down around what we want to do in terms of attracting young people um and that's all underpinned by the social mobility pledge so we really looked at actually how can we not only get young people to um see things like um, cv skills and that, that kind of nice interview technique stuff to have actually mm. how can we get them better access to us as an organization because mm. if you've not got parents that have worked in a large company um or you've not got parents that have worked then you've got no idea what it's actually like to yeah. go into an office environment yeah. you, it's quite intimidating it as is well. yeah yeah and you we found from just from chatting to young people some of the barriers are things like they're worried because they just don't know what to wear or they just don't know where like the toilets are going to be or where they're going to get a drink from and it's stuff that actually if you've got parents that worked in those kind of places or family members you know from chatting to them but if you don't know it's actually like you said quite an intimidating thing um so the first thing um that we did last year was we launched something called experience eon um so we invited um, just over 100 young people with their parents and teachers into um our city center office which is one of our kind of big contact call centers mm-hmm. um the city is in nottingham in nottingham yeah um and um so yeah they all came in um and we opened up um a load of our kind of rooms and had um our very own sort of careers fair where they were able to go around and talk to apprentices they were able to talk to um, potential line managers they were able to talk to the recruitment team and um, i was there kind of chatting about some of our different programs um but kind of importantly for me they were able to see one of the offices that they might have been working in right. um and they were able to kind of see the culture the environment um see the fact that actually it's not a big scary place it's yeah. um it's a really nice office Um, kind of chat to some of the other apprentices because they're the best people to sell the programs to um, and really get a feel for actually what it's like to come work for an organization like Eon. Yeah, so it sounds quite, um, it sounds quite informal. Really. Yeah, it was. To talk and I think the peer-to-peer element yeah. obviously works really well, especially with current apprentices talking to yeah. potentially future ones. Yeah. But how did that sort of day work? Um, so we ran it um, late afternoon, evening. So it was from three o'clock onwards. Um, and it was really just a drop in. There's no, you've got to be here to listen to a really formal talk by someone really big and important. It wasn't <laughs> kind of, suit. yeah, it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> nothing like that. It was actually more just come in and just have a chat, grab a cup of tea um, and sit down and just have a chat with people and ask the questions that you want to ask. Um, and the other thing we've kind of found is, is that um, for those who've got parents that are quite, um, present in what they're doing after school and um, yeah, they are a, yeah they are a massive <laughs> so they call the... yeah i think i think actually uh dr paul redmond uses that term that's what i first heard Helicopter Helicopter i like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, they're actually a massive part of the decision making process. Yeah. Um, and some of them have got stigmas around things like apprenticeships and not going to uni and that sort of thing. So mm. um, again, it was really nice for you, for them, me to sit and have that conversation with them around the benefits of doing something like a degree apprenticeship while their son or daughter was having a chat with some of our current apprentices or having a look around the office and just seeing mm. what it's like to work there. Um, I got a couple of sort of practical logistics. Yeah, go for it. Which I'm sure people are probably thinking, well, they may not. It's but the detail that people need to know, though. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why yeah. we do this. What biscuits did we have? <laughs> so, how many apprentices did you have there? Um, of our apprentices. Yeah. Um, so I probably had to have. I reckon about 10, 10 or 12. Right, so 10 or 12 apprentices to yeah. 100 people. That's a really good ratio. Yeah. And it gives a probably, I guess that was a range of different, on different yeah, programs. Yeah, different programs. Yeah. Um, and different um, points in the program as well. So we had some that had just started and we had some that had just completed as well. So right. again, it gave you that mixture in, in journey. And it started at 3 p.m. Yeah. And what time did it finish? 6 p.m. And was that, would you, if you did it again, would you do it at the same time? Um, I would. Um I think it worked really well for people that were coming from school or college. Um, the bit, the, the lesson we really learned from it in terms of the timings was we thought we were going to get influx at five o'clock because we thought yeah. parents were picking the kids up from school. And actually at three o'clock, we had a queue of them all there ready and waiting yeah. to come in. So, um, so actually, yeah, yeah, the message is they all didn't go to school. Um, so yeah, actually, the I think for the type of young person that were coming in, the earlier timings might have worked. So we said, if anything, right. we might be tempted to have started a little bit earlier. But hmm. interesting. That, yeah. that, that's the end of my <laughs> question. Hey, that's very, very detailed. So um, and so, how many people? Obviously, you had a hundred people turn up. Yeah. And then that was was it? When was that that happened? It was in the summer. Um, start of October. Start of October. Yeah. So it's always been a fair. Well, as we're recording this in January. Yeah. Twenty uh, twenty. Um, that's been, I guess, three months since yeah. then. So how, what's been the activity since that in terms of, I guess, the uptake from local schools and uh, I guess maybe... Applications. Actually Yeah, applying. the important yeah. question, yeah. So um, I've definitely had six people that I can track back um, yeah. that came to that event of applied to our... Um, to a apprenticeship program oh, right. um what was really nice is that we had some people who necessarily weren't quite ready to apply there and then in the moment they were just coming to get some i guess some more information to help their decision making process because yeah. we opened up to anyone between kind of like year 11 um, onwards we had mm. some who were just doing their gcse's that would then sort of say right what a level do i need to do if i really want to do an yeah. it degree yeah. apprenticeship so um i think the real benefits we'll start to see as we do it year on year and we, as we kind of continue doing our apprenticeship programs um but yeah for me the fact that the event pretty much ran with zero budget and i got six applications for an apprenticeship program from that yeah. is it yeah. was That's time well spent get them all there how do you mean like so how did you organize getting the people there and how long did it take you to organize um so once we'd kind of got a date in the diary and i'd got people willing to support um there really wasn't a lot of hours i'd just say it was probably a day's worth of time over a couple of week periods to mm -hmm. kind of get the logistics sorted you just got in touch with um, local schools and colleges yeah so we created some stuff for social media put some bits out there um we've started using um, a register your interest link on our website for people that want to know more about our early careers program so again we pinged it out to all of them um and i thought we were going to have to really do more but actually the second some teachers had got um kind of wind of it they were really silent to their students so they were doing yeah. the hard work for me because they were the ones that were kind of then bringing them all in um or organizing a mini school trip for six or seven yeah. of them to all come in right. so, so some, ah, right. so it, it was organized by the school schools to take people yeah. Out. yeah right yeah okay, coming sense. together um are there any like um hidden benefits or benefits you didn't expect that kind of now you're like oh actually that was a really 
great bonus. Well, have people then signed up to Eon? Like, <laughs> yeah, change exactly. their energy we, supplier. Yeah. <laughs> Our customers never shop. Um, um, I think um, there That's was very Northern Urn, by the way. Was it? <laughs> it's, it's coming out now. <laughs> now I've had my cup of tea. Um, yeah. So. I think yeah, one of the things that was sorry. That is a Yorkshire tea bag. Good, good. My dad will be pleased. Oh, you have, oh, you happy with that? It's a Lancastrian. Yeah. I thought you'd yeah. So my mum's yeah. from Lancashire, Why, but my dad's they, from Yorkshire. What so. are they drinking in Lancaster? Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea, probably. Well, up to them, yeah. isn't it? It's their arch rivals, but <laughs> not Yorkshire tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, bit of a diversion. Yes. We do drink Yorkshire tea here on the podcast. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think one of the things for me and maybe a challenge and I'm sure all organizations have found it is really trying to sell the benefits of apprenticeship sometimes out in the business and get nine managers bought into having an apprentice in their team because sometimes that brings with it extra work from just managing a normal employee um and actually getting loads of the um line managers or potential line managers and people in our business involved in that event getting them to then speak to some of these young people and kind of being that got them in the in the kind of mood and actually got them again a bit more behind what we're doing with apprenticeships and early careers and um and then just chatting to some of the existing apprentices and really kind of seeing that buzz that was in the room made them think oh actually maybe i will have an apprentice or um i had someone who said oh i spoke to a really fantastic person and if they they were really interested in x y and z and if i can do that in my team so if they do apply and they are successful let me know because i definitely have them and yeah, that yeah, sort of thing great. so, so um, two-way thing yeah like internal yeah and external style. yeah so i mean i wouldn't have taken the people that were like completely anti-apprenticeships along but um but yeah really, i think Maybe getting next time yeah if it's, if it's that much of a turn yeah um i think for me it was actually not just it this being a let's rely on the early careers person to sell benefits and i'm a bit of a one-woman band sometimes going out to schools and doing that actually let's get the business involved because they're the yeah. ones that get them they're the ones that do the on the day-to-day development of them so let's get them to really see the benefits see the young people and sell the the kind of the great opportunities that you can have yeah so so this this event let's sum this event up for, yeah. for the listeners we've got uh, an event that had 100 people turn up and we've yeah had six uh, people apply yeah. for back of it uh, and potentially still more to happen uh, it was done on a very low budget you yeah just had to pay for teas and biscuits yeah it was just some tea and coffee yeah <laughs> uh, it didn't take too much uh, setting up internally just to get a resource i guess yeah uh, around for three hours and utilize your local community networks from the local schools yeah. and colleges to help you promote yeah. it after you put together a bit yeah. of uh, collateral to do so. Um, that sounds like a really nice package yeah. for anyone, I guess, certainly who does struggle with uh, even in, well, recruitment around a certain location, but we know a lot of early careers recruiters struggle around certain regions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that can be a, a brilliant way for people to package that up and, and utilize. Yeah. Because um, like I say, it's, <laughs> it's very cheap. Yeah. Added loads yeah. of value and didn't take a lot of time up. Yeah. Yeah, and if you think about the cost per hire sometimes when you have to do really big, glamorous media campaigns and that sort of thing, if you're not bringing in massive volumes, if you're only Mm. looking for four apprentices, Mm. um, sometimes them trying to put loads of money behind that is really difficult when you've not got kind of lots of cash for employee branding. So something like that, I'd say, is really effective. And again, if you can spot some young people that you've had some really good conversations with, there's nothing stopping you from fast tracking those through processes or looking out for them when their applications come in because you've already spent an hour chatting to them. So yeah. you've already started to get to know them. So what does the future hold? What's next then? So, uh, you know, you utilize some really great technology in terms of um, the gamification. I think you also mentioned you introduced video interviews. As yes, well. yeah. So we've used those um, in the past. And again, um, I think they that's had a bit more of a um, mixed response from um the applicants um mm-hmm. 
gamification 98% of them said they absolutely love it yeah. so um yeah it's been a that's kind of been a bit of a no-brainer um video interviewing um I guess like telephone interviewing some of them will always say they love it and some will say they don't um but again I think for me there's something about letting them do it in their own time you're not kind of forcing people that have got other commitments to try and do it in a time frame that suits you um and I think it it works for some other people's styles so yeah that's definitely another thing that we've kind of um brought into our kind of early careers process yeah and then the care leaders covenant takes place yeah. in the local communities as yeah. well and this other community efforts you, you know you mentioned yeah. this event that you did yeah so where, where do you think the future might go yeah so um keep what might you stick what might you get rid of um so definitely running experience on again yeah. um and i think we'll definitely look at what other sites we can bring it into um yeah. and where we might have more volume recruitment coming um for kind of different programs throughout the year so yeah definitely continue to do that um and we're now really trying to look at where we can partner with schools um better so um there's something called a cornerstone employer um which mm. is part of the um careers enterprise company and yeah. um, so we are now a cornerstone employer for um coventry so i guess for those that don't know that's um again another kind of government initiative around or large organisations trying to support um, groups of schools in the areas that they work around achieving things like the Gatsby benchmarks. Um, and something that's really important to me is, is that we don't just become an organisation that goes into a school that delivers a, a one-off um, CV workshop for 20 minutes or, or helps them with a careers fair once a year. It's actually how can we really support the school and the senior leadership teams of those schools to deliver a sustainable careers education yeah. within the school. Um, so I'm trying to draw down on some of the kind of great senior talent that we have at Eon, um, mm. some of our kind of really kind of senior top leaders. How can we utilize some of their fantastic skills and experiences and partner them with some of the schools that we want to work with that might have really good um kind of links with things like social mobility or BAME students? Yeah. How do I then kind of partner that school with someone from Eon to say this person's going to work with you for a year or so to really help drive what careers education looks like as a longer term package rather than as just rocking up to <laughs> do something fun for 20 minutes yeah. it's, it's a real commitment and yeah I think um we spoke to the careers and enterprise company in series the end of three. series three didn't we yeah, yeah. Claudia and Amy yes um, yeah, so yeah. that was uh, a really good conversation so you, uh, you can hear more about that uh, in that series and you also mentioned the Gatsby benchmarks um, we've got another podcast following yours with uh, Sir John Holman. I'm doing well then, aren't I? Advertising your yeah, other yeah. Uh, <laughs> podcast. podcast. But yeah, so John Holman actually started and came came up with the Gatsby Benchmarks. Um, so we interview him, so you'll be able to hear that uh, following this podcast too. Uh, Jack, any more questions for Ellie? I think we've got... Yeah, just the special question. Oh, the special question. Oh. You'll love this one. Oh, this yeah. makes me nervous. <laughs> so is there anything that we haven't asked you yet that we should have asked you? You're probably expecting more special. <laughs> I was. I thought you were going to ask me something like really <laughs> random, special. like. Yes, yeah, that in everyone. <laughs> so excited. Um. I don't know. Tricky question. I mean, you're fine to say no. Yeah, you, you covered just, a lot. But yeah, it's, it's just if you had something on your mind that like, we didn't quite ask you, and you were like, oh, <laughs> um, I "Wish they'd asked me that question." That was the main thing that I wanted to say. Say yeah. about um. No, I guess the only thing, and if it doesn't fit, please feel free to oh, no, edit it out. Yeah, no, um, you don't have to put it in, I won't be offended. Um, is I think the thing that's really important for us with our all of our apprenticeship programmes and our other graduate and undergraduate programmes is actually around using apprenticeships as a way of continuing their personal development. So a lot of them, once they finish one, um, not necessarily straight away, but we look at how we can use that kind of 
the tool of apprenticeships right. to continue their progression. So, so like level two, then they do a level three. three level then... four, yeah. Um, our graduates all do level seven apprenticeships now as part of their graduate programs. Oh, right, They're okay. getting an MSc in strategic leadership. Um, and then it's actually, do you know what, after that, maybe in five years time when they're more of a senior leader as an MBA, because you can do that through the apprenticeship route now, is that more of an option for them? For so yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think what's really important is actually it's about how do we give that kind of um, career progression and development for all as they kind of continue to move through their their career. So it's not just about we're bringing someone in on an early careers program for two years and then you're done, finished, yeah. whatever. It's actually a continual development journey. So um, that's kind of been a, a big change from what we might have done in the past sometimes with um some of the early careers programs and it's something that is definitely going to be more on the agenda in 2020 as we look at how do we continue to to map those individuals through mm. all of our kind of talent programs yeah great well that is a, a perfect uh ending i guess thank you um well ellie firstly thank you so much for coming in um congrats on all the success you've had thank you um i think we'll put links to both experience eon and the care leavers covenant on the website so yeah. if people want to visit that and find out a bit more, that's on uh, earlycareers.co. Um, and I guess we'll say au revoir. Yeah, au revoir. Thank you very much for coming along. That's all right. Thank you for having me. I've been Jack. Uh, and I've been Ollie. Uh, and that has been the Early Careers Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. For all things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed, we'll help you work with Generation Z. With all the information that you'll need, it's the Jack and Ollie Show.